Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. All right, now we're going to begin uh, tonight and through the month of April, we're going to talk about uh, our relationships. And uh, it is so important. And let me just kind of tell you what we're going to cover. And obviously, we're not going to cover it all tonight. But we're going to cover it over these next few weeks. And it's so important that I, I hope, I wish everybody in the church could be here. wish everybody in Mobile could be here. Not because it's me, but because of the material that we're going to need to cover. One of the greatest pleasures in life can be your relationships. And some of the greatest pain in your life can be your relationships. Our relationships are something that birth both pleasure and pain, depending on how we handle them, what we do with them, depending on the guidance that we have. I wish with all of my heart that I had had access to what we're going to talk about in here for the next few weeks 30 years ago in my life. Oh, if I could go back, that is one thing that I would try, that I would, I would want more than anything else, and that is the understanding of, of some of the things that we're going to talk about in here. We're going to talk about our relationships tonight in, in primarily three areas tonight, but we're going to talk about next week managing your relationships. If you do not know how to properly manage your relationships, you're in trouble. I'm not just speaking from learned knowledge. I'm speaking from experiential knowledge. Managing relationships is important. We're going we're to talk about all of the details and things about what lines should be crossed and what seasons. And there is no set formulas for any of these things. But what I'm saying is there are principles that we need to understand in order for these to work in our life and in order to have a productive and a, 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 a life that is marked by the blessing and favor of God. So as we get into it tonight, one of the most evident differences between the American church and the church that we see in the New Testament is the intensity of the relationships. If you go back and look at the book of Acts, you'll see their life together was, man, it was, it was pretty intense. Believers in the New Testament saw themselves as a spiritual family. That's evident. They saw themselves as a spiritual family. They saw themselves as a people. They saw themselves as a movement. They lived out their Christian life in real and consistent ways and in relationship with other Christians. God did not create lone wolf Christians. When you're birthed into the family of God, you are birthed into just that. A family. Amen. Our souls are designed to enjoy personal fellowship, friendship, encouragement, and helping each other. Amen. That is New Testament Christianity. And if there is one place in the world where you should be able to find a sense of community, it should be the church. Yes. 
Well, I'm not getting many amens, but I think y'all just thinking with me, all right? But that being said, let me just lay it out and tell it like it is. It is impossible to go through life and never be let down, never be hurt, and never be disappointed. And the reason I know that, Brother Scotty, how do you know that? Well, first of all, anybody that's lived any length of time has been let down, hurt, or disappointed. Maybe in just one of the three or maybe all of the three. Maybe it's been a while or maybe it was today. (laughs) But the reason I can tell you for a fact that that's going to happen is because the Word teaches us what to do when that happens. The Bible instructs us, and God doesn't, is not in the business of wasting words or wasting instruction. The Word teaches us what to do because it will happen. So nothing in life is going to affect us as much as our lifetime relationships. And when it's all said and done, you're going to look at your life through the value of your relationships. Now, if somebody told you you had 24 hours to live, most of us would not say, you know what, I believe I love my vehicle. I think I'll go spend the last 24 hours in my car. Or I love that new lawn furniture. We use that term love. I love this and I love that. But I'm telling you, if somebody told you 24 hours from now you're going to be with Jesus, you would probably most likely want to spend it with the people that you love the most. Those lifetime friendships and relationships because that's what means the most and that's what makes your life what it is. A life without relationships can be really simple. But it can also be really empty. How many of you you know that according to the scriptures, God did not design for us to live an empty life? A life without meaning and a life without joy and a life without uh, friendships. It's not meant to be lived like that. So that being said, God designed us to be relational. In fact, I want everybody to say it. God God designed me me to be relational. Now, let's go to the however. However. Okay, you don't have to say that, but there's a a big however. Listen to this, and this is important. There should be and must be qualifications for relationships in life because they will affect your future as much as anything ever will in your life. There's got to be qualifications for the relationships in your life. Now, that being said, how many of you know, and you've heard me teach, if you've heard me teach at all, you know that I'm big on when it comes to teaching about the heart. And how many of you know the Bible says guard your heart? Well, here's what we can, we have to watch when we're talking about qualifications for relationships. We're talking about guarding our heart. Let me say it this way. To guard your heart doesn't mean put a wall around it but it does mean have a gate on it come on think about it with me 
You can't put a wall around your heart and live a joyful, abundant life. But at the same time, though you do not wall your heart, you must gate your heart. Thank you, Susan. Amen. I received that. That's good. She said that was good preaching. Don't, everybody say, don't wall your heart, but gate it. Now, Jesus is the expert on relationships, and this Bible is what we're going to use as our guideline. So, tonight as we get into this, and we're just laying the foundation, we're going to get real intense over these next few weeks with this stuff. And uh, I'm excited about it, and I hope you can be excited about it and bring some folks with you. This will be a great time for folks to get involved as we find out what Jesus says about it and what the Word says about it. But when it comes to vital relationships, let's look at these. And, and primarily the three I want to mention tonight are going to be these first three. But your relationship to God is affected by how you see Him. So vital relationships are, first of all, my relationship to God. Your relationship to God also will change as the seasons of your life changes. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I'm telling you, and here, somebody say, why? Here's what I've discovered. How many of you believe and know that your prayer life has changed as the seasons of your life has changed? Because as the seasons of your life change, your desires change. There's things I desired 30 years ago I have no desire for now. Right. Now, I was in ministry and a born-again, spirit-filled believer, but I'm telling, you, I'm telling you right now, the th- there were things I desired 30 years ago I have no desire for now. There are ways that I, I thought I knew God 30 years ago that, that, I, that I'm realizing now that I, my desire uh, for, for knowing Him on a certain level has changed because the seasons of my life have changed. My prayer life has changed. So, but your relationship to God is important because how you see God and how you relate to him is going to affect everything about your Christian walk. If you believe God is a mean God, and a lot of people believe that, he's a mean God up in heaven, you know, with a gavel and he is waiting to drop that hammer. And, you know, they don't see him as a loving father. They don't see him as a God that is uh, desiring a relationship. And because they don't see God that way, it affects their relationship to him. You can't relate to somebody that you feel like is out to get you. You cannot relate to them in love, in a loving relationship. Well, in case you don't know it, but you do already, most of you, God's not out to get you. God's for you. The Lord delights to bless. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. The Lord God gives grace and glory. These are all, but it's important how you see God and how you relate to God. Not only is important in in your ability to, to fellowship with him, but how you see God is also going to affect how you relate to other people. Are y'all with me tonight? So the vital relationships are, first of all, my relationship to God. Secondly, my relationship to myself. 
Thirdly, my relationship to others. Those are the three primary ones that we're going to touch on tonight. But if listen, here's, here's what's important. If we can get to a place in our lives where we are at, listen, at peace with God, <laughs> at peace with ourself, watch this, and we are at peace with other people, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a good life. You're going to have, I'll, I'll take that back. You're going to have a great life. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Brother Scotty, you just don't get it. I've tried everything, and I've just tried everything, and, I, and, and I, I just can't. They hate me. I didn't say, I didn't say get to a place to where everybody else was at peace with you. I said get to a place where you're at peace with everybody else. You can't control what everybody else says and thinks and does. But I got news for you. There is one thing that I have control over all the time, and that is my attitude. I am graced by God to overcome. And no, you can't deal with the way everybody else feels about you, but you can be at peace with yourself about how you feel about them. You can be at peace whether they're at peace or not. Can I get an amen in this house? And when you're at peace with God, you know that you are loved. Oh, we need to do something right now. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm loved. I'm precious. Some of y'all didn't say that. I'm loved. I'm precious. I'm valuable. I'm chosen. I'm special. God loves me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You get a picture of that. It, it keeps you at peace. And then, not only that, but you know, you, you get at peace with yourself and you accept the, and, and listen, the greater that you understand grace, the greater you'll be at peace with yourself. As long as you have a hard, judgmental view, not only of God, but also of the Word, and you don't understand the Word of grace, you haven't, you haven't taught, been taught about grace, you haven't been, uh, been schooled in the grace of God, you'll never be at peace with yourself until you understand the grace of God, not as a believer, because you'll always be feeling like you're falling short. You'll always be feeling like you're never going to measure up. You'll always feel like you're never going to do enough. And I hate to say it, but preachers have been the ones that have fueled that fire. Bless God, you better get yourself in here. And if you aren't tithing, I tell you what, God will get that tithe one way or the other. If he, can't, if he can't get you to give it to him, bless God, he'll take it out in medical bills. And I've heard, preach, I've heard preachers say that. You know, the, the, uh, to understand that, my God, God's a God of grace. That brings a peace into our lives. That, that helps us to just relax and enjoy the presence and the fellowship of Almighty God. And then not only that, but of course your relationship to others. But the other areas of relationships we'll talk about, and we're going to talk about my relationship to your spouse and to your family. And I know what some of you are saying, thinking right now, Brother Scott, half my family's crazy. And I'm not even sure about the other half. There ain't nothing I can do about it. I agree. Hey, listen, we all just don't call no names or nothing, but I'm just saying, this, hey, we all got them. 
But here's the thing, and I'm just touching on some things that we're going to amplify as we go through this. Just because somebody is related to you by blood doesn't mean they're supposed to have access to every part and area of your life. I'm going to save you, I'm going to save you some pain and some heartache. In fact, you know, if we're really honest, there are people in my church family, Michael, that if I had to pour my heart out, I'd seek them out at times before I would extended family that even has my bloodline. I'm going to tell you, I want people that share the bloodline of the lamb that realizes and know that I have been forgiven by that shed blood of Jesus and that there is grace for me for every sin I ever committed, every sin I committed today, and every sin I ever will commit. And I don't know if some of you are like, Brother Scotty, don't tell people that. They'll run out and start sinning. No, let me tell you, when you have a real understanding of that, it makes you not want. You want to please him because you realize how much he loves you and the provision that he's made. I want people that are in the bloodline of Jesus, not just my natural bloodline. So we're going to talk about these things. My relationship to my spouse my family, my relationship to intentional people. And then, of course, another one is my relationship to my church. All of these areas are going to come into play over these next few weeks as we talk about it. And I'm excited about it because I, I love this kind of teaching. I like talking about it. It's, it's one of the things that I enjoy doing. There's sometimes when you, you know, Bobby, when you, when sometimes when you're pastoring and you're preaching, there's some things I got to do because it's in here and it's required of me. And I'm doing them, and, you know, and we're going to do them. But then there's some that's like, I just can't wait to do it because I just, I just love it. I love exploring it. I love learning about it. And I love allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me as I impart it to you. So here's the thing. We've got to keep our priorities in order. Everybody say first things. There's a law of first things. I, I can't teach all of that, but there's a law of first things. First do this, Jesus would say, or the word would say, first do that. So, but this is one first thing that we've got to get. Matthew chapter 22, 37 through, uh, 37 through 39, Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, first love God. Know God and let God shape your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's first. And I tell you, if you get the priorities wrong and reversed, you're in for, you're in for a rough ride. If you'll allow God to shape you, your soul, on an emotional level, your mind, how you think, See, allowing God to shape your mind allows you to see yourself through his eyes and through this. This is life-transforming, changing, powerful. As you begin to relate, Bob, and see yourself through him, his eyes, and through his word, it changes everything. Now, improving your relationship with God. No one and no one is higher or more important than our relationship to God. Can I get an amen? amen. 
My relationship to God is first. It is foremost. It is above all. It is, it is the, the, the number one priority as a believer in my life is my relationship to God. Because God is life and God makes life worth living. It is my relationship with God that will sustain me through my times of relationships that are disappointing, hurtful, and let me down. It is my relationship with God that will keep me steady and focused. And so we're supposed to love God with all our heart. That means when you have feeling and passion, love God with all of our soul. On and on it goes. The soul filled with God is essential to a soul that will build healthy relationships. It's, being, it's a soul that is filled with God, my mind, my will, my emotions. When God is in the center of our soul, listen, our emotions are healthy. Our thoughts are positive. By the way, I'm going to say some things about emotion before this is over, and it's going to rock some of you. It won't some of you, but it will some of you, some of us. It did, it did, it did me as I've looked at it. When God is the center of our soul, our emotions are healthy. Listen, our thoughts are positive. And I know what somebody's thinking. Oh, I just can't stand to be around all them positive talking people all the time and all them faith confession people all the time. And I, look, I'll be the first to tell you, there's some people that have gotten extreme with some of that. I, I, I know that. I realize that they're out there. But can I just say this? I'd rather be around somebody that was positive and faith-filled at least they're more pleasant to be around than somebody. I mean, they might be a little weird, but my God, at least they're fun to be around. Then somebody, you're like, oh no, here they come. God have mercy. What's it bad? How bad is it going to be today? Where was I? When God is the center of our soul, listen, our emotions are healthy, our thoughts are positive, and our decisions are driven by the right values. I guess what I'm trying to say about there uh, a minute ago is at least if you're faith-filled and you're positive, you're at least more pleasant to be around. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Not only that, but a person with a hurt or sick soul will have a difficult time loving people properly. Right. Our soul can be filled with bitterness, anger, resentment, self-pity, hatred, fear, and when they are left in our soul, they're going to hinder our relationships. <clears throat> Loving God with all your mind, that's where you create thought patterns and habits. Relationships are greatly fashioned, watch this, by how we think, how we analyze, and how we conclude the conclusions that we make. Loving God with all your strength, that is where we interact with all of our life. The emotional energy to get up every day and to go forth and, and what are you expecting out there? It's the outward expression of what is going on on the inside of your world through your spirit, through your, through your sight rather, through your speech and through your physical actions. And the Hebrew word for strength actually means vehemently. With all your strength, I mean passion. So let's talk for a minute now about being you. There are three views of every individual. We've got to understand, listen, we're talking about relating to God, relating to ourselves, and relating to others primarily as a basis for this start. 
First of all, there's the view that God has of, us, have us, has of us. We've talked about that already. How does he see me? How does God feel about me? And you know, it takes a while to undo a lot of the things that we've learned and allowed to cultivate and incubate in our lives about how we think God thinks about us. I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how God thinks about you. How valuable are you? What is your value? You have enough value that God sent his only son to die and suffer for you. You must be pretty valuable. So even when other people don't always value you, God has placed a very high value on you and on me. That's how God sees us. The view God has of us, there are three, three views of every individual. The view God has of us and the opinions that others hold concerning us. And for a lot of people, that is one of the biggest hindrances in their lives. Is ever getting to the place that they are able to move past that point of being dominated and totally under the, the control of what other people think and say about them. And then there's the perception that we have of ourselves. You need to enhance your relationship with yourself. What do you think about yourself? How do you relate to who you are? Do you have negative thoughts about yourself? Because your thoughts, listen, affect how you feel, act, and build relationships with others. Your thoughts about yourself affect how you act, how you feel, and how you build relationships with others. And here it is. Let me just throw it out there. If you can't get along with yourself, you're never going to be able to get along with other people. And I'll tell you this, if you can't get along with yourself, you're not going to be able to get along with God or anybody else. You're going to have a hard time. But when you experience, oh, this is so good. When you experience the love and grace of God, you can love the way God loves you. And you know, boy, you start talking about that and thinking about it. Think about how God, God, and listen, by the way, it wasn't a, a suggestion. He commanded us to love. As I have loved you, Joe. There it is. Now, I'm going to tell you, it takes the supernatural grace and work of God for you to be able to do that. But I, I'm going to tell you, it happens as we allow God to love us. It frees us up to love other people. That's a vital key when it comes to our relationships. When you have a new mindset of love and forgiveness, you approach people and relationships differently. It brings a whole new light on them. Forgiving others is how we start relationships, sustain relationships, and renew relationships. You cannot, what was it you said Sunday? Uh, help me. Marriage? People, especially in marriage, they don't fall out of love. They fall out of forgiveness. And I don't, you know, if you've been married 50, 60, me and Susan have been coming up on 41 years. And if you, some of you have been here, been married longer than that. I got news for you. You've got to operate in forgiveness on an ongoing basis in order to sustain any kind of a godly relationship. 
You've got to. And the only way you can do that is to love how God loves. Forgiving others is how we start relationships, sustain relationships, and how we renew relationships. And sometimes the hardest thing to say, especially in, 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 in relationships where there's a lot of pride involved, is forgive me. See, it's so quiet when I say it. It just shows. Forgive me. It just echoes. Forgive me, 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 me. No, 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 no. I mean, we'll try to. <laughs> oh, I got, some, I got some funny things I want to tell you when we get to that about husbands and wives that the way we the get little games we play. and It's getting so quiet in here. I can't wait to. It's, it's going to be fun when we get to that point. Hey, man, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. But God's going God's to do some great things. But it all comes out of the fact that you know that God loves you and you love him. And listen, when you know that, watch this. I know, and this is not egotistical, but I'm here to tell you. I know this. God loves me. He forgives me. And he's not going anywhere on me. He is in for the long haul. He loves me for now and for eternity. He's not going to turn his back on me. He's not going to run off on me. He is not going to give up on me. I know that. And I want you and I to know that. And when we know that, we can live out of that. We can love out of that. And we can forgive out of that. It frees us up to know God is not going to forget about us and turn his back on us. And even if I say things that are offensive to him, God's not going to pout. (laughs) Amen? Amen. That's the way he loves. That's who he is. And a revelation of that will change your relationships with yourself and with other people. Getting to know him and and having, having that deep down in your Spirit, when you know God loves you and you love God, watch this, you have the power to change, to control your attitudes and your behaviors, and to live purposefully with all your relationships. To know and believe that you are valuable. In fact, I want everybody to say it. I am am valuable. valuable. Let's all say it again. I am am valuable. How many of you really believe that? Wave at me. Amen. Get them up. You are. To know that you are valuable, listen, that you have a self-worth because you are made in the image of Almighty God. Breathed His life into us. Shaped us, molded us, loved us. Redeemed us back when we failed. He didn't just say, forget you, I'll wipe you. He could have wiped out the human race and said, I'm going to start all over. But he didn't. He loved us that much. We have to eliminate the voice of condemnation in our life that is fueled by that old nature and by the spirit of the wicked one and by the spirit of of, of man-made religion. That voice of condemnation that tells you that you're no good that you can't do it, that you're worthless. Don't, stay, don't ever say, I'm so stupid. Amen. Come on. Even when you do something stupid, you're not stupid. You just did something that was, might have been not too smart. 
But I got news for you. That was an anomaly. That's not who I am. That'll preach right there. I went swimming one time in the ocean. That didn't make me a fish. What I'm saying is that is not my nature. If I fail, it's not my nature. If I sin, it is not my nature. If I mess up, it is not my nature. My nature is I am in the image of Almighty God, born again, filled with the Spirit, an overcomer. The Word of God is ruling and reigning in my life. That is who I am. If I'm depressed today, that is not my nature. If I'm discouraged today, that is not my nature. If I'm under condemnation, that is not my nature. It's an anomaly because I am made in the image of Almighty God. I'm about to preach. Hallelujah. So when you, you start having those thoughts that tell you you're stupid, you're going to fail, people don't believe in you, and all this is all this common. Here, here's what I say I say, re- reject it, resist it, and stomp it out in the name of Jesus. Everybody do this. Amen. I know you're saying that's silly. No, it's not. It'll remind you, stomp it out. Our relationships grow and are are blessed as we think positive Bible thoughts, God thoughts, thoughts that build your spirit, thoughts that build your confidence, thoughts that empower you and me to greatness. God's thoughts are God's words in motion towards you from the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, anytime you start dealing with some of these issues, here's a quick prayer that you can pray. Lord, reveal your thoughts toward me right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. That'll turn it around. Because you won't ever have God say, well, I tell you what, you just the worst case I ever saw. Forget you, man. I'm out of here. Kick you to the curb. Roll you over in the ditch, and I'm going on down the road. God will never tell you that. I tell you what he'll say. He'll say, I'll never leave you or forsake you, my precious child. Anybody in here ever messed up besides me? Okay. I just want to make sure I'm among. I know what it's like to mess up, but I know what it's like to crawl up in daddy's lap and be loved by the father, even in my mess ups. And until you get a revelation of that, your, your, your relationships with, with other people are going to be so dramatically affected. You know, let me tell you how the enemy works. I've got to close this out. <laughs> you pray 15 minutes, and later on you say, you, that was a, you should have prayed 20. Yeah. Yeah. You read your Bible today? You read two verses? You should have read two chapters. You know, you went to church twice this week. That's not enough. You, you all, what, what's the matter with you? What's going? It's, it's never enough. Religion, a religious spirit, and a, a condemnation spirit is never satisfied. If it can't condemn you in one place, it'll condemn you somewhere else. Who do you think you are enjoying this? You should not have. I mean, you, yeah, you tithe, you get an offer, but you know, all this stuff you got, you, you shouldn't be. The devil is a liar. Yeah. Amen. So ask God, God, what are your thoughts toward me? We're talking about now tonight, laying the foundation of our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, and our relationship with with others. And we're going to expand on it as we go, especially on our relationships with others. So believe and know that God has cleansed you from all sin. 
In fact, and this is going to be hard for some of you to say, but I want you to say it with me tonight. I am am pure, pure, holy, holy, righteous, righteous, acceptable acceptable in the sight of my God. God. Well, how can you say that? I saw you cut somebody off in traffic today. How can you say that? Because I'm in Christ. Amen. Believe that he has forgiven you of all your sins and all your past. Believe that he has destined us to be blessed, favored, and fruitful. I said, I am blessed. I said, you are blessed. You You are destined to be blessed, favored, and fruitful. How many people in here are destined to be blessed, favored, and fruitful? Blessed, favored. Let's say it. Blessed, favored, fruitful. Blessed, favored, fruitful. Blessed, favored, fruitful. I want you to say this. God has chosen me for great things. I know if somebody's saying, what's this got to do with relationships? Everything. It has everything to do with them. Listen to this. A lot of people, believers, make poor choices on a regular basis because they do not have this image on the inside of them that I'm talking to you tonight about. And they constantly make decisions out of not feeling like they're worthy of anything better. The devil's a liar. God has chosen you for great things. When you love God and you love yourself, you can love the life that he has given you and will give you. Now, I don't know who said this, but I wish it had been me. I would, I would give them credit for this last statement, but I just thought it was so powerful. And uh, I wanted to share it with you, but I don't know who said it. There is nothing I desire outside of the will of God. And there is nothing I fear inside of the will of God. Outside of the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside of the will of God, there's nothing I'm afraid of. Somebody say amen. How can you say that? Because God is a good God. And he has good for his kids. How many of God's kids are in this house tonight? Amen. We're like our daddy and he loves us. We're made in his image. And we're going to go, I tell you, we're going to grow this month. We're going to grow in our relationships. We're going to learn some stuff that is going to radically shake our world and change our lives. If you receive that, confess it over me tonight as, uh, as I go into this month that I'm going to be able to teach it like that. If you receive that, say amen. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.